Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Robots in Disguise podcast. Again, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And yes, we have we are now beginning the second season of Transformers Robots in Disguise. It's a short season with an even shorter half season attached to it. Hmm. Yeah, it's a weird number of episodes that I thought it was going I thought it was two half seasons, and it's not, so it's gonna mess me up for my, my uh Tokusatsu Corner section, which I have 25 episodes, or 20 episodes left. No, wait, 20, 24? Yeah, 24. We only have 19 episodes counting season 2.5. So, uh, oh my god, my cats are being extremely extra tonight. Uh, was it still on the hub at this point, or was this when it was on like? I think this. I think this was on Cartoon Network. I think all of Robots okay. in Disguise was Cartoon Network. Whereas I think Rescue Bots for its entirety was always on the hub or Discovery Family. Right. Okay. Because yeah, that. I don't know. I feel like that would be less likely to explain the weird episode orders, but I don't know enough about the how the sausage is made on on some of these to. Uh, I know a lot about how the sausage is made, but not enough to know why you would have a randomly 19-episode season and then a mini-season. Yes. I guess at that point, like, if you're doing it for streaming. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what what this was, or if we ever found out why they had this weird half-season. Like, you put it on Cartoon Network, but you're really making it for Netflix. Yeah. Like, planning it out as a streaming thing. Unfortunately, it's not on Netflix. No, no, it's not. However, I do notice right now, looking at the wiki page, they conveniently put a link there to watch this episode on YouTube. Yes, very handy. So that's oh, very yeah, nice of them. Uh, some of this season is on YouTube, but not all of it. So yes. um, future episode recording might get bumpy at some point. Yeah, we'll, we'll do our best. Yep, I will see what the torrents can find me, but... Uh, you know, five-year-old Transformers series are not real high on the priority of things for people to seed, so... Or, you know, if Hasbro, you want to put this on some sort of streaming service, we'll watch it. <laughs> you think maybe you could make things available somewhere for money? We would give you money. Well, we'd give someone yes. money. Someone might give you money. All right, so it's this- pretty annoying. This is Overloaded Part 1, first aired February 20th, 2016, uh, written by frequent Robots in Disguise writer Adam Beecham, last seen, in fact, doing the season finale. Ha! Huh. Hmm. So, so last seen back before we did a run of Rescue Bots. That's right. And uh, so everybody is just having some downtime. Uh, Grimlock's getting a wash. Uh, he's Danny getting all Pick- scrumped. He he's he's uh shaking his leg as he's getting shined up. Yes. Uh Denny and Fixit are playing Go Fish with varying degrees of success. <laughs> yes. Uh Drift is uh cleaning his uh his sword. Of course. Uh Windblade is looking to make sure all the stasis pods are working, and uh, everybody else is just uh listening to Optimus Prime, who is alive again, uh talk about the old days. Yes, because he's an old guy. Yeah. Uh, so old that, Str- that Sideswipe calls him Pops, which he doesn't care for. 
See, I feel like G1 Optimus would have been fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I, it is it is kind of like a military thing. You can't just call your commanding officer Pops. But, uh, but no. Optimus. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, like calling him Optimus is fine. Hmm. You know, and he says that's fine, but just not Pops. Well, he does it in a very, like, he is offended by this disrespect kind of way, which... Well, I mean, this the whole episode is kind of, you know, Otto's Prime is not hip with the youth of today. I do appreciate any time, especially a more recent Transformer series, does anything at all interesting with Optimus Prime. Yes. Mm. So making him a somewhat crotchety, out of touch old man is at least it's it's not as interesting as uh, animated, but again, animated was basically Optimus Primal as a character. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it it is nice that they do something with him as a character, even if it's to make him a crotchety old man. Yes. So so strong arm and sides, right? They start fighting as they do. Yes. Uh, fight, 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 fight. They end up uh, hitting this uh, one of these pods that uh, contain, you know, and I have to be careful because you know, we, went, we went through a lot of trouble to get those Cyclone Minicons that we captured in a short on, that I hope you watched on the Hasbro website. <laughs> oh, I forgot that was in a short. Yeah, remember yeah. we, remember we covered that. I guess those. a series of shorts. Yes. Yeah, we did. I just forgot that it wasn't like an actual episode. Yes. That it was no, it, it was a different format. Effectively, an episode broken into tiny chunks. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was. It was but like yeah. A, it's definitely not something they should necessarily assume you are familiar mm. with for continuity purposes. It, it was like if, if it's, it's like Hazard was trying to invent Quibi before Quibi existed, and then did not oh, exist. No. <laughs> not oh no, not Quibi. Yeah, but they weren't trying to charge people to watch it on there. Well, no. They just. Where it's Quibi, God, it's a well. I think most that Quibi was made. free initially, and then everybody canceled it because nobody actually wanted to pay for Quibi. No. Well, part of the problem with Quibi was that it was designed to be like like train commute size episodes, and then launched immediately after everyone stopped commuting and started working from home. Yes. <laughs> Oops. And people didn't want to watch 10-minute things. People wanted to watch eight hours of Golden Girls. <laughs> exactly the opposite of what anybody wanted to be watching. So, yeah. So, you know, Grimlock has to break this fight up. And then suddenly he has a... Uh, what do they call that thing on the My Little Pony? Is it a cutie mark? Yes! Oh, yeah. He has cutie that, mark. except it's a guy. It's a... It's a <laughs> It's uh, Micronus Prime, as we uh, we saw last year. The uh, well, it, it's not on his rear hip; it's on his sort of abdomen. It's where yeah, it's he was. Little... It's where he was being polished. Because remember, Optimus when Optimus showed up from the Home for Infinite Losers or whatever <laughs> they were calling it, it was in reflections. It was in like mirrors yes. and stuff. So he's been polished. To such a shine that now Micronus is able to. Yeah. So, so the shiny Dinobot hide hides the Micronus inside. Yes. Yes. Uh, still played by Adrian Pazdar from uh, Near Dark and uh, uh, Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. 
I like things from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know who else is from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Constant Zimmer. Oh, that's right. She gets extremely murdered on that show. (laughs) After dating Coulson. Oh, she gets hucked in that fridge right away. Yeah. R.I.P. her character. Uh, so uh, he's like, yeah. So hey, you know those uh, like the, the the sparks of the crimes that we put into you uh, when we, we like brought you back. back to life. Yeah, we're gonna need those back like immediately. <laughs> Which I feel like that should have been discussed beforehand, but okay. You know, they, 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 you know, there's a rush. We were fighting, you know, uh, robot Judas, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, we're we're really gonna need those back in our. You know, we're very busy uh, in our. You know. Eternal, endless lives of, uh, I don't know, training guys or whatever. Hanging out in the featureless void. We definitely do not have time to wait for no, no, you no. to be done with anything. We need it back immediately. Yeah, no, like. Because of, uh, reasons. Yeah, you know, we, we exist in the timeless void, but we need those back, like, by, like, lunch. <laughs> why is he a jerk? Yeah. You know why? It's because he's short. Oh. It's got to be a jerk about it. Uh, so, yeah, there's like a big uh, super cyan looking thing where he gets these sparks zipped out of him. And he's very, he's very much in rough shape afterwards. And Micronus is like, yeah, you know, he'll be fine, you know, eventually. They do a good job of animating him being like not strong. Yeah, he doesn't they have do any, a good like, job of. An- yeah, he he's moving like a guy who has not been sleeping well for a while. No. So yeah, he's all, yeah, well, no, I, uh, you know, he'll be fine eventually. Gotta go. <laughs> Why is he like this? <laughs> He's such an asshole. Yeah, you know, Prime, Prime is very insistent that he is fine, despite obviously not being fine. Yeah, he's mm. not doing okay, but he's not going to admit to it. It's that toxic masculinity. Yep. So, you know, Bumblebee has a new idea. So, you know, it's been weeks since they beat Megatronus. They've been kind of, you know, hanging out since then. But there are all sorts of Decepticons all over the world. So, and this catch is getting too big. So we're going to have a home team and an away team. And that's going to very conveniently split our cast apart so we don't have too many guys in every episode. So we don't have to have, like, pay the entire voice cast every episode. That's right. Except yep. this one, they still have to pay everyone. Well, yeah, you know, you, you know your, your finales, your premieres, your big events, you bring everybody together. But apart from that, it's just like, if you get four guys, that's the episode. Yep. It's, so he's all, well, you know, you know, uh, Windblade, you're fast, and Drift, you're stealthy, so you're gonna go. And then Sideswipe decides that he wants to go, possibly because he wants to hang out with Windblade, or because he wants to not hang out with Strider. Both of these are probably true. And, you know, Windblade insists that she does not want to be part of their, uh, psychodrama. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> She's not, not having it. But then Prime also, is... Also, so, is this going to be, like, the new recurring thing where Sideswipe uh, 
proposes names for their team and they're always terrible. I can't remember if that's a recurring gag or not. Oh, I don't know if I it's don't... as recurring as the Bumblebee. Yeah, it's not quite gag, on but... that level, I don't think. Or on the level of, like, fix its uh, verbal tick. Oh, <laughs> the verbal tick, no. So, and you know. Basically, oh. all I remember about this season is at some point everybody gets Arctic camo paint jobs, and also eventually there's a guy who's like breakdown and knockouts kid with an entire brain cell. Yes. Well, I thought that was next season. <laughs> right? No, I think that is next season because that's when they bring the oh, combiners. Oh, is it next season? Yeah. He's not, he's not very bright. Nope. It's adorable. <laughs> it's got, he's got big orange tabby energy. <laughs> He's a real jorts. Oh, jorts. So, yeah, Bumblebee is, you know, so Prime, you'll just, you know, you'll stay here and you'll, like, monitor everything. And he's all, no, 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 no. I'm going to lead this team. And everybody knows this is a terrible idea, but because he's out in his Prime, you can't tell him it's a bad idea. So they just <laughs> no. kind of let him do it. They're just like, uh, okay, sure. Okay, Grandpa. Because sure, he's Grandpa still trying. He's still trying very hard. He's trying but, too yeah, hard he's... because he is hella busted. Hmm. Yeah, he's not doing... He needs to... I don't know. I mean, everybody always talks about character assassination with Rhinox and Beast Machines, but having him not... Having him being uppity about Sideswipe not calling him Pops, and having him not willing to admit when he needs help from other people just doesn't feel very optimist to me. I mean, I, I can kind of see the, the the latter, at least. And, I mean, I think it, it does make Prime a little more interesting. It, 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 does, it does make him more interesting, though. It I, gives him more of a character, but it's a very annoying character of <laughs> Grandpa, who used to be the, the general, and now he just won't listen to anyone. Uh, I guess that's preferable to just purely speechifying, Grandpa. He's uh, he's got. If you're a Seinfeld viewer, he, you might say he has big Izzy Mandelbaum energy. Sure. Yes. He was like an uh, an extremely old man, played by Lloyd Bridges, who insisted that he had like enormous physical prowess, but clearly did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. Anyway, so yeah, there's a Decepticon in the Arctic Circle. So, uh, you know, it, it's appropriate. This is, uh, we're well into the winter now as we record this, or as this is released at least. Uh, hopefully we're by up the on time New Year's. it's, yeah, we're coming up on New Year's. Hopefully by the time it's released, it'll actually feel like Christmas outside. Yes. That would be nice. So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're headed to the Arctic Circle. And, oh uh, my god. Pierre has his head stuck in the tissue box. And again? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the other one. Oh. It's his brother. <laughs> Why? Why are you guys like this? He did it first. It's my turn. (laughs) I don't think he even saw his brother do it. (laughs) That tissue box has been there for weeks. Why did you choose now to get your head stuck in it? Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, so Prime gives a little speech, and, uh, yeah, Sideswipe insists that instead of the away team, they're going to be the bad bot bashers. No uh, one is impressed. Nope. No. I want to make a note here. I don't think at any point we ever claimed that Blades' voice actor was the first openly gay voice cast member of a Transformers show, because have you seen anything Charlie Adler was ever in? 
Uh, but <laughs> but also Darren Chris, Sideswipe's voice actor, is an openly gay actor. As you may know, because he uh, was in this big like special they did on ABC recently that was just a bunch of people doing covers of Queen songs, um, which is definitely like... Oh. Is he bisexual, maybe? I think he's... I've... My, my friends who know more about this sort of thing said that he's just gay. Well, he's married to a lady. Okay. Well, the the same Darren Chris? I'm pretty sure. Isn't like Glee? Yeah. Well, maybe his and my friends were wrong, but they keep track of these things better than I do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's uh, yeah, married to uh, his girlfriend of seven and a half years, uh, Mia Swear. And in October, they announced they were announcing their first child in the spring. Oh, that doesn't sound like somebody who would be uh, are, are you, are <laughs> doing you, Queen covers. You sure you got your voice actors right? Jen? I'm quite certain. No, Jen. I'm oh. definitely talking about the right Darren Chris, but yeah, I guess my friends were maybe he is bisexual. And he looks like he's played a number of games. I gay feel characters. like you were there for that conversation, David. Maybe I don't know. Where our friends were like. Probably, but I, I didn't know who we were talking about. We're we talking. I I I pasted a side swipe gif. <laughs> and, and I'm looking up Charlie Adler, and he he has a wife and a child. Well, but he, Wikipedia's got the wrong Charlie Adler. Yeah, because he was in Cow and Chicken. Um. Also, no, he I was on a uh, Jen Jen. Have you come what? from an alternate reality where more people are gay? <laughs> I'm maybe, maybe I am. Well, also it's confusing because apparently there's a in Canada there's an extremely like anti-gay uh, politician named Charles Adler. Hmm. So my Google results are all confused here. Because I caught Charlie Adler on an episode of Rob Paulson's podcast, and he was just like talking about it. So maybe it's a different... Because that was definitely that Charlie Adler. Hmm. Okay, or or maybe... No, I don't know. I, I just may be getting bad results. It does say for other people with the same name. See yeah. Charles Adler. Yeah, Charles Adler is kind of a common enough name that it could be There's messing up. a stage up. actor named that. Yeah, maybe that's just messing me up. Anyway, so Google they, results, you're screwing me up. Anyway. The point is, he's the red guy. Yes. He was the red guy in Cow and Chicken. Uh, was he also Buster Bunny at one point? I think so. I think there were two, because it was him and uh, John Cassier, who is the Crypt Keeper. Mm-hmm. The Crypt Keeper no. was Buster Bunny? Yes. Wow. Okay. He didn't make nearly enough puns as Buster. Anyway. I definitely listened to an episode of uh, Rob Paulson's podcast because oh, yeah. he was on it. <laughs> I, uh, I I enjoy Rob Paulson's podcast. He's, a, he's an affable guy. I should listen to it more. Anyway, so uh, so, so you know they they make a little speech. Sideswipe tries to rename the team. They head to the ground bridge, and the ground bridge explodes. Oh no! Goodbye, Optimus Prime. He has died on the way to his well, home planet. Too bad. Well, that's one way to reduce the cast. Yeah. I, if this was uh, the eighties, that they would have actually done. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Except they, I don't know. I was going to say they would have done it in a movie. If it was the yeah. 90s, they would have done it and it would have been like a big like thing and then it would have been very melodramatic mm. and then the next season he would have come back as like evil. Wait, that's just Dark Awakening. But also Morph. It's <laughs> yeah, also I was Morph. about to mention Morph. X-Men. Mm. <laughs> the point is in the 90s, they absolutely killed off characters on cartoons and then had them come back evil in the next season. <laughs> Oh yeah, and there's Nemesis Prime already, and there's different colorations of Drift, but he was dead, whatever the fuck. But there's no evil Windblade to recolor her into. Yeah. Yet. Well, yeah. oh no, I, I guess there's a Slipstream toy was a redeco of her. Oh Windblade. yeah, yeah, and they're probably going to do some sort of redeco of that uh, sexy Windblade statue, which is, I think, now less sexy. Uh, or at no, least less, it? less sexualized. <laughs> They made it slightly less sexy. Oh, right. There's the statue and there's the model kit. Oh, I forgot about that. The model kit is less sexualized. The statue. Ugh. Anywho. Oh, that's some confusing things. So, you know, they have to put out this fire. Uh, turns out they did get through there effectively. Oh, there's, there's a fun bit where Grimlock dumps a fountain on Russell. And mm. notes that, you know, now he doesn't have to have his uh, evening bath, which uh, gets him a <laughs> thumbs up from Denny. <laughs> Damn it, Danny. He's Russell is not an age where his fathers should be having to like bathe like worrying about whether he's bathing or not. Mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they, they did survive their trip to the Arctic. They've detected a uh, Decepticon. They're once again near a research installation. As as they often are on this show. And uh, so, you know, they've got to fix the thing, so they're just going to have to walk and find this Decepticon. But Optimus is not doing such a great job at the whole walking thing. No. He's definitely, like I said, a guy who has not, like, had a good night's sleep in weeks. Yeah, and everybody is kind of trying to not hurt his feelings about it. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, they... Uh, they you know, they're, they're trying to fix the ground bridge. It seems that the glowy spark thing that happened to Optimus somehow overloaded the ground bridge, which made it blow up. It did something to his, like, molecular something or other, and yeah, it was, it's definitely something, some something reverse polarities. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Grimlock is going to have to help fix it, uh, gently disassemble it, and it turns out their definition of gently differs greatly. <laughs> yes. Oh, poor Fix-It. He, he tried. And everybody is just kind of second-guessing Bumblebee this entire episode, because it's starting to seem like this wasn't a great idea. Yeah... But uh, enough of that, because now it's time for Overload, Master Thespian! <laughs> Master Thespian! Acting! Yes. Uh, he is totally just Calculon from Futurama. <laughs> yeah! Like, did, how long after Calculon was this? The 14 years, because that show debuted in 2000. Oh! Or maybe even 1999. Oh, jeez. I know, we're so old. I didn't realize Futurama was that old. Oh yeah, that's 
That's kind of shocking. Boy. Definitely do not think about how old that means The Simpsons is. Well, I know oh, The Simpsons no. is really, really oh, no. old. And I'm older than that. But the Futurama is like 20. That that doesn't feel that long ago when it started and then was eventually canceled rather quickly. Well, I mean, I guess part of that is that The Simpsons takes place in the you know, present day, whereas Futurama, it's in the future. So it, it, it yeah. seems timeless. Although, uh, oh, that does make sense because it was from 2000 and he went to the year 3000 or exactly. something. Yeah, that's why. Uh, Damn it. That, that's also why they have all those emerald jokes in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, this guy uh, is really... Well, Calculon without Calculon's mid-Atlantic accent. Yes, uh, this is Overload, uh, voiced by uh, voice actor Dave Fenoy. Ooh. Uh, does a lot of video game stuff. He's in those uh, Walking Dead video games. Hmm. Uh, somebody in Bayonetta. Uh, of course, the the one credit on his hmm. uh, resume instead of me was that he was on the cartoon Pro Stars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was about uh, Wayne Gretzky, Michael yeah. Jordan, and Bo Jackson, and they fought crime with like <laughs> super gadgets and their uh, athletic abilities. Oh, Bo yeah. Jackson came to visit my elementary school. Ooh, because I guess he actually went to it. I mean, hey, Bo knows uh, conducting assemblies. Elementary school, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and in fact, uh, Dave Fenoy played Bo Jackson on Pro Stars. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I wonder if like they had the budget to do three guys, and so they got Bo Jackson because that would give him a football guy and a baseball guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he counted as both. I will. I will have to post the intro to that. It is amazing. It is kind of badly set to "We Will Rock You," but with lyrics about the pro stars. Oh, he's Rodin or Rodan or that, whatever. In Bayonetta. That sounds familiar. Anyways, he is a Deceptithespia, and uh, is, is constantly talking about you know everybody else being his supporting cast and ruining his scene, and so forth. And also, he's incredibly heavily armored, because the, you know, security systems come on, they start firing at him, and it just bounces off him like pebbles. (laughs) Yeah. He is a tough guy. And he, I don't think he ever transforms at any point. He does have a toy, and it does turn into a tank. Yeah, which I no, have on he the doesn't desk and... transform at any point in this episode because at one point he does, he will end up in a parking lot with some cars. I was like, oh, is he going to scan something? No, that's not what happens. Mm. So yeah, he uh, and he is there because he wants his revenge on Optimus Prime, who is not there. <laughs> Oops! And he's also scheduling extremely, mistake. And he's also extremely strong because he just makes very short work of Bumblebee, Strongarm, and um, and Grimlock. Yep. You know, I'd say that he's he's got to be super strong because it's his premiere episode. But like most Decepticons in this show, only get a premiere episode and are you know average strength in yes. those episodes. So that that rule does not apply. Uh, to Decepticons in Robots in Disguise. It can still apply to Autobots. Clearly he was a guy who did his own stunts. <laughs> yes. And is very proud of it. He was up there on the side of the plane. He was trying to talk them into letting him go to space. 
He was very proud of doing all his own stunts, even when people probably told him not to. So, and during this fight, they uh, smack the they smack around these stasis pods that have these cyclone mini cons in them. Uh, because spoilers, it turns out his toy can interact with the cyclone mini cons. Yes, the the little round boys can be yes. shot out of his toy, mm-hmm. which little means ground gremlins. I love his little gremlins. He has a very limited articulation, but he's you could stick little boys on him. Yes, and uh, don't don't forget, of course, the cyclone mini cons are voiced by Steve Bloom doing like Frank Welker gremlin noises. <laughs> yes, like, ah, they're so good. I love them. They're so good. Love a couple of weird gremlin guys. Yes. Just little mischief babies. So meanwhile, in the Arctic, uh, Optimus Prime is still dragging ass behind everybody else because he's old and busted. And Oops. then this Decepticon just starts hucking chunks of ice at them. Hey, uh, it's Polar Claw. Wait, his name actually is Polar Claw. Yes, he's not named in this episode, but he is Polar Claw, who is a modified version of Steeljaw. And unfortunately, never got a toy. Yeah, well, the modified to have like a snowplow and tracks. and But the, for the toy, you could have just swapped out the head and it would have been easy. Yeah, because he's got a bear head instead of a wolf head. And he's also yeah. like, you know, 50% less sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the lack of a tail. The tail makes him sexier. Oh, the tail. Yeah, the tail is what really does it. Well, also that and the uh, the uh, voice acting of, was it Nolan North? Oh, yeah. Was that him? No, Nolan North was uh, uh, Smokescreen in Prime. Oh, that's right. Who is still? It was that who guy is- who was the, like, character from... Bioshock Infinite or something. Oh, Troy Baker, I think is the guy. Yes, I think. Now I gotta look it up. Mm. I'm looking it up Troy right Baker, now. Troy yes. Baker. Uh, yeah. And yes, he. Oh, yeah. I guess he played Batman a bunch of times. Nolan oh. North is the more like low key, right? Sexy. Although apparently they, uh, they, he had a gaming web series alongside Nolan North. Hmm. <laughs> That sounds extremely present day. Yes. Well, yeah, the voice actors are playing games, although maybe not as many as I was expect. I, I've seen the voice actress of Eris from the new Final Fantasy play Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> which is an odd feeling. Adorable, but odd. So, I, uh, anyway, so Prime has decided that he's going to draw the fire of this Decepticon, which is a terrible idea. Because, indeed, he pretty soon gets knocked right off his mouth. <laughs> yes. And so Windblade, you know, she's not strong enough to drag him up. So he is going to, uh, so she's going to fly up, distract the Decepticon, whilst these two minicons, Slipstream and Jetstorm, uh, turn into disc mode and just make themselves into footholds. <laughs> yes. That's, and, they're trying. They're trying their best. And it's it's not great, because as Christopher Walken would say... The ice is going to break. Also, this Decepticon has very pretty colors. I like his colors a lot. Yes. Grandpa cannot climb up Everest. He's going to die on the way up and leave his body there. (laughs) I do appreciate that we have the continuity of Transformers not being able to survive in cold climates for long periods of time. Yes. Hmm. So nice nice continuity there, because that is the kind of thing that being robots, one could... 
go either way with, but they they stick with it. Oh, and that's such pretty colors. I'm just looking at a picture. So pretty. <laughs> and that is where we leave this plot for the episode. Yep. Mm. We are done so, with this plot for now. We will yeah. literal cliffhanger. So uh, so we cut back to the scrapyard, uh, backtrack and ransack the aforementioned go- little goblins have yes. uh, gotten themselves out of their pods. Oh, uh, so fi- Fix is looking up Overload. It turns out he is the he was the Decepticon's top spy. Which is amazing, considering that he's a huge guy, and he's always being an enormous ham. But I guess he had various guises. Well, yeah. they do say he's covered in armor, except for his face, because he's an yeah. actor, and will show off his face. He- so presumably he was skinnier before he was bolted with massive amounts of yeah. armor, I guess? You know, I would say that you would think that it would be hard for a Transformer to, like, disguise themselves as a different robot, but I guess that is sort of... A, I though. You're usually, you can have like the one other robot alt mode. You can pull a punch counter punch or an animated shockwave. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But being able to disguise yourself as more than one other guy seems like something that takes an inordinate amount of effort. But maybe, maybe it's holograms or something. Maybe. Maybe it's holograms. Hmm. Or he's just like a very common body type. So you just give him all the network, another repaint. He just says, you know, it's like, it's like being a guy who looks like Sideswipe. Here's one of those guys. That could be. That seems like it would be very easy to do in the Netflix Transformers universe. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, Sideswipe. I'm uh, Tiger Track. Yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so not only is he was he the Decepticon's top spot, but he is the guy who took Bumblebee's voice back <gasps> during the War for Cybertron. I thought that was Megatron. <laughs> Which originally was because well, because in the movies it was Megatron, and since Aligned was sort of trying to be as close to the movies as possibly, originally it was supposed to be Megatron. But now now that we get a reason, it's please say that it was Megatron in Prime. I thought they did. I thought it was at least implied. I don't remember if it was. We almost had some continuity, uh, and then we did not have the continuity. Nothing here yeah. on the wiki, so I'm not exactly sure how this happened. Also, my my foster kitten Pierre is now uh, batting at the mouse cursor on the screen, so <laughs> apparently his brother has the brain cell right now. Maybe they both punched him in the throat at the same time. <laughs> He's trying to bite it. It's not going to work, buddy. His brother has the brain cell. Anyway... <laughs> And yes, because he's and because he is so vain. Not only does he think this song is about him, but also he has no armor on his uh, on his face. <laughs> his weak spot is his vanity, which is an odd thing because the toy actually has a plate that could slide up over his face to cover it for alt mode. Oh, but... man, it's going to happen in the next episode. Maybe mm. he's going to get that because he realizes, hey, actually, now I can be punched in the face pretty easy, and that's a problem. <laughs> So he's all, well, okay, Optimus isn't here, but you know what Optimus hates? Innocent people being in danger. So I'm just going to go to this city and wreck it up until Optimus Prime comes and I can get my revenge on So this is a big uh, bludgeon in the middle of the Generation 2 comic series energy where he nukes San Francisco to get Optimus Prime's attention. Yes. <laughs> Which is why he nuked San Francisco was because he wanted to get Optimus Prime's attention. Yeah, next, next he was going to do, uh, what is it, Buenos Aires and... Um, Probably. Tokyo. <laughs> yes. Got to do Buenos Aires. 
get that uh, Jose Delbo respect in. Yes. So he ta- he takes off. Uh, these, these little gremlins follow him, and then they team up with him because very clearly he's got a bunch of uh, spots on his arms for them. Yes. Hail and well, hail and well met, small doers of great destruction. Yes, he's he's a, he's a hoot. He yes. is. I would say that it's convenient that he has properly sized spots for them, but I guess if they are a standard body type, then that's fair. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he we... worked with some before. Yes. He he appreciates having some destructive tiny friends, and I appreciate that they are going to be in this. And so, yeah, they, they wreck up a parking lot, and then they're off to do some carnage. Whee! And that is pretty much the episode. I mean, I, I you know, I think it's it's an okay season premiere. It'll be better once we have the second part and we know where this is going. Mm-hmm. But it does suffer a little from just having to focus on these two plots. Yeah. yeah. I mean, presumably later episodes get more like one group per I think that is generally episode. how they do it, yes. But they have to... You know, they have to introduce the concept in this. Yeah, it's two split episodes. So, yeah, it was fine. Uh, Like I said, Polar Claw has a beautiful, beautiful color scheme, and I love him very much. Uh, I mean, not as much as that that bat guy from the first season. Oh, what was that guy? I don't want to say Night Scream, but I think that's wrong. Bat guy. Mm. He was Tom Kenny. Yes. That was his name, was Tom Kenny. Uh, it was... I'm looking it up now. The Night Strike. Oh, that's oh, right. close, but no cigar. Basically, you make a character white and blue, and I'm right there on board with you. <laughs> that's it. We're there. Oh, that's right, and he had those glowy wings. And, and, and I did like Overload. No, I, yes. I, I've, I've missed our uh, eccentric Decepticons. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely the uh, R.I.D. Decepticons are an entire very fun concept. Uh, so it's it's going to be fun to have them back. Uh, it's going to be fun to have some mini cons. Oh, I love little <laughs> mini cons. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fun to be back in robots in disguise. Yes. Yes. All right, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusetsu Corner. Oh, yes, this week on Gosei Sentai Die Ranger, a bad, bad, bad guy. Oh, how bad? bad. We'll get Sounds there. pretty bad. The monster of the week kind of takes side stage, but the monster of the week is Pot Taoist, who's a big, well, pot jar thing. The juggles a jar on his head, and then, oh, the Rangers can't hit him because because he absorbs their attacks because he's sort of built like a sumo wrestler but shaped like a jar. But th- that that's a side thing too. The episode starts by focusing on people at a karate dojo practicing. A janitor walks through, trips, and then challenges the dojo master to a fight. Kicks his ass takes his face off and reveals himself to be a really handsome guy who was hired by somebody from another rival dojo to beat up the guy from this dojo, but he takes the money he gets and hands it to a bellhop who comes in to clean up his tea because he didn't do it for the money, he just did it to prove he could do this. So This entire episode is about 
a human guy beating the shit out of people who at one point encounters the Red Ranger while trying to beat up and kill the leader of another dojo. The Red Ranger just wanders into this episode that's basically a movie about this guy. <laughs> also, has like at a cemetery, he meets his sister. I think it's his sister at their like parents' grave, and 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 we have a flashback to when he was fighting with his father on a cliff top, and his father was edging him closer to the edge of the cliff, trying to kill him. It seemed like kicks him off, but then grabs his hand to help him. But then, like, it's like, oh, no, you're pulling me down too much. Let go. But, like, you're the one that knocked me off the cliff. So the father pulls out a knife to stab his son in his arm. And that's where the, the flashback ends. And, and it's so much about this guy. Oh, and he, the, the guy, of course, is wearing a black glove on the hand that the father presumably stabbed in the flashback. Unless we'll have <laughs> another flashback retconning that flashback. <laughs> But this episode is about this guy who does dark karate. <laughs> dark karate. His evil martial art beating up like the dojo masters of other dojos because his father who was fighting him on the cliff was a dojo master and he's trying to prove that his father's style of karate, I didn't write down the name, is the strongest. And it really kind of does seem to be because he's beating the shit out of everybody, including the Red Ranger. <laughs> But he also hates his dad because he tried to kill him. So, like, I have to prove that our karate is the strongest because my dad tried to kill me and he's dead. And what? Oh, and meanwhile, the Rangers are fighting this pot guy. Well, the, the rest of the Rangers, karate. not the Red Ranger. Because the Red Ranger went back to the group and told them, oh, I, I encountered this guy who was trying to kill a guy in a limo. And then he kicked my butt. He threw a coin in my face and cut me. And, and then Master Kaku's like, D don't challenge him. His karate is too dark. <laughs> you cannot beat him as you are now. His karate is too dark. But then he's like, but I want to fight him. I want to fight him. So he goes out to find him. The episode. Meanwhile, the other rangers are trying to deal, trying to train up to get stronger because they can't beat the pot with their current karate. But they're having a better time, even though the pink ranger gets sucked into the pot at the end of the episode. Hey, it's another monster that sucks up rangers. Or one of those recurring story beats. But like the red ranger, so focused. Ooh, I want to beat the crap out of this guy who's wearing a nice white suit, and I'm wearing a white jacket, so I have to be the cool one dressed in white, even though I'm the red ranger. But I have a red shirt underneath my white jacket and white pants, and so that makes it okay. <laughs> yes, or something. Any, and um, well, it turns out that that the actor playing the the bad bad guy, character named Jin, is uh, what's his name? Yutaka Hirose whose real name is Kazuhisa Hirose, who was credited for a while under Takumi Hirose. Apparently likes to change his first name, actors, stage names, Me whatever. Too. Anyway, point, well, he, he's been in other Sentai stuff before and, and some other, some common writer things. It's minor characters. But in, um, oh, what was it? In, uh, Flashman, he's a regular villain named Lei Wanda. I, I don't know why. Lei Wanda, it's just a name. Let me paste the thing. Uh, and, um, in Jetman, he's Emperor Tranza. Well, the evolved form of transit that's later in the show. That's, that's another story altogether. Uh, and in Live Man, he's Dr. Kemp. One of the main villains. Again, oh. so he's a recurring guy. 
handsome guy who's villains, like the sexy villain male Ooh. of shows. So the the steel jaw. Yeah, he's the steel jaw of like three different shows. Now I understand. And now he's entered this show, and it's considering how much this episode focuses on him. Like, he's important. Oh, it ends with a to-be-continued after he beats the White Ranger in a solo fight. Ooh. And the White Ranger isn't morphed. It just beats the crap out of him. It, it like, punches him, and so the Red Ranger's bleeding. To-be-continued. Is this a JoJo reference? Oh, oh, that's... Oh, what was the... The pot, when it's fighting the Rangers, goes muda, 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 muda. Which makes me wonder if uh, uh, the JoJo creator saw this episode at some point. I think this predates JoJo. At least when Muda 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 and Dio stuff was going on. But yeah, this guy's important. Oh, he, the the three Gorma goons show up at one point when when the pot monster shows up. And then one of them, the, the dumb one, I think later, goes to the center of a forest. Uh, oh, what is it called? The, the demon forest with his black orb that he's pondering. <laughs> he puts it on a pedestal and starts praying to the demon forest in a well it's it's not a pentagram it's a weird design on the floor summoning for a great demon warrior to help him gee i wonder how that's going to tie into this guy, bad 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 guy beating up dojo masters <laughs> yeah I, I think we get a new villain in the show and he's amazing because the, the episode focuses on him to a ridiculous degree but it Dark works karate just this charming smug guy oh it's so great I could see why he was cast as the villain in multiple shows so I'm excited for the rest of the show which is like another 20 five episodes or something that's not going to line up with our Robots in Disguise episodes, because there's less of them. Ah, uh, well, I'll figure that out eventually. Oops. Guess it'll bleed over or something. Anyway, yeah. Fun episode. Possibly the best episode of the show? Maybe, because it's not focusing on the Rangers, it's focusing on this new guy. Who at first I thought was like, wait, but they don't have a seventh Ranger in this show. They're introducing him as really powerful. Oh, he's killing dudes. He's a bad guy. That's why he's called the bad, bad, bad guy. <laughs> Dark. Yeah. All right. So I believe that does it for us this week. We'll be back next week with the second part of Overloaded. Uh, but until and then, of course. Presumably the continuation of this Sentai episode, too. Also that, Unless yes. It's a three parter. Well, I guess it'll still be the continuation. It just won't necessarily be the conclusion. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. But of course, until then, we are all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are on Patreon. I'm sorry, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, uh, and we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for December, we did Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, because that came to Disney+. Plus. So we are back on that, uh, well, Black Widow last month, we were back on the MCU train, and it is chugging along. Uh, for January, uh, we have not decided on anything for sure yet. Uh, Eternals may happen. Because uh, that is coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, most of us are going and seeing these movies in, in theaters under 
the safest conditions that we can manage, uh, but we don't expect all our listeners to do that. Uh, so we will be sticking to the uh, streaming releases uh, as much as possible. Uh, but yeah, we will be doing something for January. Uh, will it be Eternals? Will it be, uh, I don't know, Dune? We keep threatening to do Dune. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, uh, patreon.com slash icon underground. I'm distracted by my foster cats trading their single brain cell around, so <laughs> I apologize. I'm just thinking about how many Spider-Men are going to be in the Spider-Man movie, and are they going to count the best Spider-Man? The superior Spider-Man! <laughs> well, we, we did see uh, Alfred Molina in those trailers. Yes. Well, I know he's already he's in many of the trailers, and and if you pay close attention, the color of his tentacles change at one point. So I, I'm hoping. Dun dun dun! I'm really hoping. All I mean, right. well, there's two things I want out of him in that movie, but <laughs> you want him to hook up with Marissa Tomei? Okay, three. <laughs> Do, doing that plot line in that movie would be like. Probably the best way possible to do the daughter, the Otto and, and Aunt May romance. But it's just like. Most important romance. Call him a superior Spider Man and give him an ending. The best uh, the best iteration of that romance is in uh, Miles Morales' universe. Alright, so, so that is it for, anyway. us, for us for this week. We'll be back next time with the end of Overloaded. But until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Live. And I'm David. I might be watching Live Man for our uh, Sentai Watch Along on Fridays in 2022. Yes, 2022. Oh, dear. I need to rewatch Enter the Spider Verse just for the uh, Aunt May uh, Olivia oh, Octavius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really so hope good. they bring her back too. Yes. Some more. Anyway, All right. Happy New Year. Uh, my cats. Why are they being like this? <laughs> One of them got the box on his head, and then the other came in and got the box on his head. You're trading the one brain cell back and forth between themselves.